Milwaukee's MX Fuel equipment system revolutionizes the light equipment market by delivering the performance and durability demanded by the trades. From the MX Fuel cutoff saw and MX Fuel sewer machine to the MX Fuel power supply and the MX Fuel tower light, MX Fuel has you covered without the hazards associated with emissions, noise, vibration, and the frustrations of petrol maintenance. MX Fuel, equipment system, equipment redefined. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at Rick's. Rick's is an Australian lifestyle brand founded with a mission to transform the eyewear industry by creating carefully crafted eyewear that inspires confidence. Everybody should be able to enjoy a touch of luxury and the confidence it brings. See the world differently today. Head online now at rickseyewear.com.au and check it out. Righto, let's get into the show. Welcome to the podcast, Mickey. Oh, mate. <laughs> how, are how are we going? It's good. It's good. It smells like a um, barbershop in here. It is? That's, that's it funny because Braden just re-glued a few things <laughs> and um, I, I couldn't smell it when I walked in. Hey, how do I look in my brand new Unbelievable. jacket? This is the first Talk time I've put it on. the um, the... the Dynamics of it. How it's does it a work? Heated jacket. Yeah. So I'd imagine the boys at Werribee, when coaching you're start. coaching Tuesday, Thursdays coming up in mm, winter, mm. You're, you're rocking this. It's got a heater inside it. So there's an attachment here. Uh, you'll get one of these later, Mick, nice. when we talk about your handiest moment, which would have been a few. Handiest when you know, there's always talking about how you had 30. <laughs> you and I aren't, aren't really kind of the blue collar operators <laughs> in terms of tools. <laughs> Got a door that needs fixing at the moment, anyway. Anyway, so any um, anyone well, that can can't fix, fix uh, the door, but I can fix your body temperature. So this is a battery. You yeah. plug it straight in, right? Smack. That goes in your pocket, so that'll be on. I'm not going to do it now because I don't need it. I'm already warm. And then um, business as usual. This button here, you whack it, so you click it once twice, three times, and it'll light up depending on how hot you want it. Nice. And, mate, you turn into a, you turn into a Georgie <laughs> Foreman, mate. You turn into a, it's like a jaffle maker. <laughs> yeah, jaffle put, maker right put here. Baked beans in your bread. And- Tommy the Georgie Foreman. Um, away you go. No, looking uh, dapper. Yeah, dapper, looking buddy. forward to giving you one of these later. Mate, thanks for coming on the podcast. Last time I did one, I reflected. We just talked NFL, and I mm. think I had a bit of heat online. What are you doing? Wasting Mickey Barlow's time yeah. talking <laughs> NFL. Well, if, if, we're not coming fantasy this year. Yeah, down Bang. the bottom end. Yeah. But, you know, you, you've you've always provided a lot and you're a loyal Jackson Jaguars man. You don't even know how to say their name. What did I say? Jackson Jaguars. Jacksonville, sorry. <laughs> I, I was trying to get out Jaguars and I said Jackson. I know that Trevor Lawrence is the star coming up. You've been a big a fan of them for a while. They've been the laughing stock. How's me not saying Jacksonville, by the way? I'm a big fan. <laughs> but Jacksonville Jaguars, no one's a Jacksonville Jaguar fan besides you. Nah. Uh, maybe a few now because of, yeah. the, you know, Trevor Lawrence. But we'll start on that. Why do you? How did you come about that? How, how come you supported um, the Jags? I jumped on. When did I jump on? I jumped on kind of 2016, you know, when- um, Bortles? Yeah, Blake Bortles was floating around. And by floating, I mean he was throwing his flutters. <laughs> by flutters it through the air. But we used to play fantasy and well, I'd never really had a team. And I thought, right, who's bad? Yeah, I didn't want to be one of these guys, you know, Patriots or you know, jumping on the absolute- Prime time, Green Bay. I'll barrack for Green Bay and I'll yeah. barrack for the Patriots. Chiefs. Yeah, well, now it's, it's kind of the Chiefs. And so I was very much like, all right, who's at the bottom? Who's got a top draft pick? So, and Bortles was a top draft pick at that time. We laughed, but um, he was top. He took him to a, a championship game. He went within a, I think a touchdown of beating the Patriots to go to the Super Bowl, um, but then went down. That was all off the back of defense. I think that was 2017. And then I've just stuck fat and stuck fat. Now we've got Trev. Um, seems like we're building a bit of momentum. There's a fair bit of um, confidence about what they can do 
next season. But I think it's a tough one because if we re- refer it to the AFL side of things, we follow Fremantle closely. I think there's some parallels there. You know, you, you have a good year and probably when people aren't expecting, mm. and then you, you might just dip a little bit um, as as the Dockers had for the start of the year a little bit this year. So I'm a little bit um, cautious in the optimism on the Jags next season. I'm optimistic. It's generally a bit different NFL when you've got a young gun quarterback. Not getting, not, not getting paid yet, so we'll yeah. get paid soon. So you've got a bit of – You can pay everyone else around him. So that's, the, that's what you need. If yeah. you look at all the players that have come through, the young Aaron Rodgers and – um, you know, all these players that are young that perform, yeah. they can build some assets around them. And I think the Jags might have an opportunity. And I've got um, – I-, I love, like, keeping little stories, you know, little snippets of, of like, uh, papers and, you and do love, stories. You do love cutting them out. You're, like, my, you're like me old man. <laughs> no, I don't cut them out. But, <laughs> uh, now it's on the laptop and I've got a folder. And I reckon a few of my players have seen it when I, like, share the screen and we, like, um, do presentations about, you know, game plan and all that stuff. And there's a folder up there, just Trevor Lawrence. You know, I'm just grabbing some documents on him and some stories. And there's that game where he was down 20, 27 zip um, against, the half time against the Chargers. Unbelievable. Some right. of the clippings that came out of that about mentality and how he owned the four. So he had the four turnovers in the first half. And he goes in and he gets told, oh, like all his, all his teammates just rose around him. He goes, man, that's all right. You, 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 four turnovers, four touchdowns. This, this hard. And his confidence was just through the roof. So some of those articles are. Are pretty special that I'm just holding on just for the right time. That's good though. Just on that article, was it the teammates that actually got him up, not just him on his own? They yeah, were like, teammates. Yeah, he so was like, oh, the, I like the, the culture and the leadership of the the group around him um, were very much just. I think Trevor probably has that. Speaking as if I know him, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, QB one. Um, <laughs> oh, probably has that, Trevor has that conviction in his own performance that he's like, right, I'm okay, I'm going to be okay. But yeah. to have that added support around him yeah. um, would have helped, no doubt. When I say Trevor, what's another Trevor that comes to mind? Because i got one right uh, now. It's funny. Trevor Gleason was the basketball coach, okay. Perth Wildcats. I'm thinking of Trevor Marmalade. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Marmalade. Behind the bar, Trevor. Yeah, the comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah When yeah. you said Trevor, I don't know, I just thought of that, <laughs> that funny bastard on the footy show. That used oh, to- and funny. That is just loosely, I reckon. It was, he found his niche. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, I actually ran into him at JV Hi-Fi about a month ago. I'm not I'm not joking you. I had to get a cord, yeah. uh, HDMI well, cord. Working. No, he was just in the shop. And I looked yeah. and I'm like, who is that? Yeah. It took me about three minutes. He was behind me and it's Trevor Marmalade. I reckon, he li- I reckon I've seen him in Port Melbourne when I used to live in Port Melbourne. Just he was ahead of his streets. time though. He would have he done all right, wouldn't he? Yeah, make bank and then um, retire in the sunset. Mickey, thanks for joining us. We we take the piss. We live together. We know each other very well. But your story's quite cool. And um, I think it's been told, but probably not in a relaxed format. Not with me anyway. And the Aces w- would really enjoy when we tap into it because I know a few things they don't. Yeah, um, yeah. And people probably haven't heard. But mm. what I am, you, what you must be very proud of is you've really, you're a trailblazer for the mature age. You were the first, it's fair to say. Yeah. And I the most successful straight off the top. There was always, it was. A number beforehand, absolutely. But I think myself and Pods, James Pods Adley, yep. came in and Pods was about, I played with Pods at Werribee and he went to the Cats. He was 29. So he was 29 and played for five years, I reckon, Geelong and Adelaide. How old were you? 22. Yeah. 21, just, just turned 22. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think it became a little bit more, um, and we're seeing it now, like mid-season drafts and um, players coming in recently of the mature ages that are kind of making impact, which is, yeah, pretty cool. But um, I think you come in at that level knowing, like, you, you feel like it's like the old 10-day contract, the NBA or whatever they do. It's like on a lot less money than that. But <laughs> the 10-day, you, you've got Spur, Lee Spur, a good friend of ours, former Fremont, um, mature age draftee as well. 
always joke that we came over with like, you know, the stick over your shoulder <laughs> and the and the little, um, you know, handkerchief full of stuff and that's all you brought over because you didn't know how long you were going to last. Um, but yeah, it turned out okay. Seven years, Dockers, two years of Suns. Let's not. Don't don't sit here. Don't sit here like I'm on channel whatever news. Yeah, all right? yeah, yeah. Don't dare sit here. You, you come in and you're leading the Brownlow round ten, right? And we we'll talk about what happens second. second. But yeah. you're, but everyone in the room was, you know, this is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. You you don't just come in and play a role. You come in and you you're coming second in the Brownlow um, after whatever ten rounds it was. Before we get to this big turning point, the injury. Mm. Sickening, by the way, but like a lot to come from it and you learn a lot about it. But, you know, if you just, before I even talk about how you, you got to Frio, when you're at Frio, what was your expectations? You're like, I've got nothing to lose. I'm going to go out there and play the same footy as I played at Shep and Werribee. I reckon that the more times you get kind of knocked back, right? And I probably see this, there's like a, there's some case studies in it around the, the talent pathways where a lot of these talent pathways, you know, everything's given. And, you know, you're under 16, you, know, you play for West Australia or Vic Country or Vic Metro and you're given this and, you know, you're pretty much the whole way through, it's planted out how it's going to work and that you're going to get there and then you're going to be like, um, you know, you're going to play, you're going to be like Scott Pendlebury or, mm. uh, so there's kind of that, that pathway that these, these younger players follow, which largely is unrealistic, isn't it? Because mm. we know from all of that, how many draft picks are there? Um, once you get in, what's the career longevity? Not much. So, um, Speaking to you, am I? <laughs> you just smirked. <laughs> but you, you've lived that side of things where you follow the path and you're not really used to, and it's probably a question to you, how used to um, adversity or or how much you have to tap into the, not to say you don't, but tap into resilience and, and the ability to kind of fight setbacks along that, that journey. So by the time um, you know, I jumped into the AFL, I'd, I'd kind of been heartbroken a lot of times, like with those rookie drafts, and um, knowing kind of how how hard it is to give yourself a chance, like opening yourself up to the possibility of devastate. Like it's, I remember Mum said to me once um, when I didn't get drafted in twenty oh oh nine, end of oh nine, I ended up getting rookie three weeks later. But I, I thought I was putting on a pretty brave face, but I was gutted and devastated and. Heartbroken, and I think your mum knows, right? When you're kind of not going that well, and she goes, "Oh, she goes, I don't know if you should kind of throw yourself out there anymore. Like, uh, you sure you want to do it?" Um, and from that, that she, when she said it, like that conviction in me was still, "Yeah, I'm gonna still Pretty chase wrong. it." Yeah. Um, and you know, I think they get probably they wear the adversity and then the knockbacks to your parents much more than probably you do, even though you're riding the wave um, quite significantly. So. Yeah, I remember when when I got there, like when the draft pick popped up, I was pick eight, rookie draft. Um, I just felt like a weight come off the shoulders and kind of the, the, the self, self-belief self and self-confidence was like, well, I've got to the starting line and I know I have some tools to be able to 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 do it and I'm just going to give myself every chance to, to succeed. So um, from there, I do say once I started playing that first year, um, it, it's as – not to say it's arrogantly, but it was as, as easy a year of football as I've played because I think they do a really good job AFL level. Your first-year players, don't put too much burden on them. Let them play. Let's not knock them too much for team defense or skill errors or whatever it is. And and you are surrounded by better players. So I found that first half a season kind of as um, 
you know, you're riding the wave, you, you, you're, you're feeling pretty good about it. Um, you're a full-time athlete, so you're naturally improving. Um, and there's probably not the the burden of expectation on you uh, that you put on yourself and probably um, becomes expected of you the longer you're in the, in the system. Being a country boy and doing it so tough, going there, as you said, just get to the starting line, playing free footy mm. and dominating, right? Mm. Breaking records. You've still got records now. Sheasel. just me. broke it. Oh, <laughs> we're a bit flat, aren't we? <laughs> Bloody shit. Kick it. mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you nearly had it, though. He had that game where he had a 15. We're like, Mick, you're still alive. And then he's coming out of 30. Quarter, he's uh, and anyway. the ball, no disrespect, but the ball's living down there. So he's got, he's got the ball. You know, Mickey, you were earning yours, weren't you? Um, oh, yeah. No, no disrespect. Respect, but that 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 record was there for a long time, um, and and obviously Sheezer will go on and be a superstar. Oh, yeah, so it's yeah. going to get beaten by someone to be a young gun like mm. him. But the things you're doing are extraordinary, right? Obviously the numbers um, and the impact straight off the top. Uh, do you remember fondly just because Perth we know is a small town and yeah. they love their Don't footy. Say that. Uh, no, it's a small town over there. Well, it's, big, <laughs> it's a big. It's a big. It's a smaller town. It, it's a. It, it's a two town. What I'm trying to say is, there's not ten. There's not. Yeah, I gotcha. There's not ten teams it's, there. There's two. Um, so like they're patriotic. Over there. Yeah, as I'm saying, they love their footy. Yeah. So I'm saying they the two team town is probably yeah. what I went to say. And and uh, you're coming out of the blocks, you know, like Usain Bolt. Yeah, flying. So uh, you're walking. Us, are you getting a little few head wobbles uh, down the street? Yeah. Like as a country boy, you mustn't have been a bit. It must have been all new to you. All the oh, press yeah. and all the love and um, all the external noise. Were you just li- living it up, Mick? <laughs> Uh, it, it was, it was new. Um, yeah, getting a little bit of, I suppose, recognition for what what you're doing. Um, but yeah, it's over there. It's it, you can see. I I loved it over there, and and still, and you you did as well. Like mm. the the lifestyle and the connection you have. Um, Fremantle's interesting, isn't it? It's like whilst um, you know they're footy mad. We used to train in Freo and go down the street for lunch and all that. But I think they became because it's quite quite a small and unique little town. Um, the people within that kind of community were used to seeing Pav and Sandalands and Sheridan and uh, DeBoer and Silvani. <laughs> but, yes, used to seeing the boys. Well, I kept the economy afloat, man. <laughs> I was having coffees five times a day. Uh, a big shout out to Tutti Frutti who gave us free free uh, frozen yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Earley used to have that for dinner when he'd run out of cash. <laughs> he'd run out of cash for the week. Um, the perks were there though, weren't they? And um, it, to be honest, like that, as good as that is, you, you do need a level of maturity, I think, to to probably be able to not get too far ahead of yourself. And and whether I had that for the whole longevity of my career, maybe maybe not. I know guys like Dave Mundy, who there's no accident those guys go on and have the careers they do because they're just so kind of regimented in how how they live. They don't never get too high on themselves, and they never get too low on themselves. Um, the flat line. So yeah, they live on the flat line, and some sometimes I think. Yeah, from my point of view, I potentially probably rode the wave a little bit. And, um, Mine was a yo-yo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, up, down. Kick two and up 20, Mick, uh, we're going out. <laughs> like, unbelievable. Like, oh, we love that. You know, like, and we can say it now. Like, we used to play and like, a part of it is that that the release of playing a game and, and having that ability probably once every two or three weeks to go out and have a beer and, and enjoy, um, like, connect with your teammates and, and have a bit of fun and um, – Probably not how how it's drawn up. How you should be a professional athlete. Sometimes, like you get home a bit later and enjoy yourself a bit. bit but oh, we were very good at you know the next day you'd get up, do your recovery, and you know, you'd, you'd get yourself right for for what was next. So um, some good perks down there on the main strip of um, of Fremantle oh, South yeah. Terrace. 
it's a great place. It, and we could sit here all day and talk about that, but we'll do that another time because it's all about you. You, you, you. As I said, you're leading the brown line um, at that point or coming second. So it's a phenomenal start. And, but the incident, the, the, it's it was heartbreaking. It was big press. Like it was huge. I still remember as a kid, you were the, you know, you're just this bloke out of nowhere. It was, it was a big story. And then, um, and then snap. Um, the, the broken leg and, a, and, and, it, and I know you very well. I know how mentally tough you are. I know how you're like, oh, get on with it, whatever. Mate, you've, you taught me through it, taught me through it. Cause what I, I've only seen an incident twice. Cause I don't like to watch that stuff and I don't think you would either, but you're trying to stand up on your leg and it's in half, right? Yeah. Yeah. It taught me through. Can you remember, can you remember the moment? Yeah. I'll tell it a little bit. Like it's, it's quite, um, surreal. I don't reckon I'd smelt the roses of how I was going the whole time. I just kind of just you just flow and we, the team was playing really well. We, I think we were fourth, um, so I just kind of walked into an AFL system that I was playing well. The team was top four, and it was a bit like finally, and we were beating Port Adelaide pretty easily this day. I genuinely, it, it, like minutes before, recall myself kind of smelling the rose and saying, "How good is this? Like mm. we're top four. I'm playing well. Um, my family was over that weekend." It's like I get to go for dinner tonight, a bit like what we spoke about then. It's like you, 12 months earlier, I was a uni student that, you know, maybe once ever, well, only if the parents were down, you could go out for dinner and enjoy and and, and kind of, um, yeah, be a bit lavish. But I was like, had that moment. I was like, oh, how good is this? Like, and sharing it with your family and your friends and doing exactly what you love. And um, went back and like, bang, snap, broke the leg and pretty quickly it leveled, leveled me out. Um, I knew I'd done it. Like I knew something had happened, but I was living pretty quickly in denial when I kind of shake the leg and jumped up. It was all like, no, nah, it can't be true. It's a bit like, no, nah, it can't be true. Get up and it'll be fine. And um, pretty quickly, yeah, identified that it, it wasn't, it wasn't okay. It, mate, it's scary because like I've never, I don't want that to happen to me ever. Mm. I don't want anyone to go through that. And anyone that does is so tough. But like, what was a pain like? No, no, no pain because shock, shock turns into green whistle. Green whistle turns into emotion. Um, I remember like green whistle turned in, into like dev- like my brothers came in. I felt like I'd let them down and I was thinking about the dinner reservation. Took me <laughs> on a bit of a journey. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. And they were just there like laughing really because they um, would have been devastated. But um, at the same time, they were like, well, um, yeah, let's kind of, let's not get too carried away about this whole situation. Um, but yeah, from there it was, it was a tough, um, I think my, the, the resilience piece, I had to really tap into it the next, cause it wasn't, I'd heard all these stories about broken legs. You become part of a broken leg club. Gary Lyon rings you, Michael Voss rings you, Nathan Brown rings you, and they all tell you their stories about broken legs. And I think Voss and Brown, uh, Voss and um, Lyon were like, mate, we were, and, and so they called you just for the record. Yeah, this is no polish. The, this is genuine. No, nah, they they ring and they say, um, yeah, oh, I was kind of a three to six months kind of back out. Haven't had issues since. Nathan Brown was the one that was like, oh, I had significant injury, uh, significant issues post. So the glass are full train. Yeah, am I thinking I'm Nathan Brown? Or am I thinking I'm Bossy oh, and you're, you're Gary Lyon? Three to six months, Bossy <laughs> and Lyon. So I'm thinking wrapping my head around the three to six months. All the while, Nathan Brown's situation was bubbling away and mine did become kind of a bit more complicated than than the three to six month return. I got back in 12 months, but I was, I, I, I vividly recall from 
12 months to 24 months, every step I took, I had pain, like even getting out of bed, walking. But my pain kind of walking wasn't too much worse than running. And I watched some of the vision of when I came back and played, I was, like I was running with a wooden leg. And yeah. there were some moments there where I was like, oh, I think this actually could be it. Like it's it's a bit stiff, but um, I might not be able to, if I have to play like this, pain and at, at the level, because I wasn't playing that well, um, might be all over. And then I I've always remember the game. Um, it was 2012, we were playing Richmond. Did you play that one in 2012? Richmond uh, in the, the wet? The, the G, no, I was sick. And, that, um, was, that was a funny story about that. We'll <laughs> tell you that one in a second. So 2012 at the G and all of a sudden that day ran out and played and I, like it was gone, like the pain was gone. And it was one of the greater wins we'd had. Um, I think uh, Spot, Santa Lance did his toe. Dorse did his Dorse knee. Dorse did his knee. Played in the ruck with it. Yeah, and PCL. he had an infection. PCL infection. 10 weeks. H.E. Crosley on the boundary line, a couple of snaps. Johnny, Johnny Griffin, few dribble goals. Johnny Still Griffin. remember it, yeah. Um, really, like one of those wins where, you know, the Dockers can't win this. You know, away from home. Two, that was the turning point in the Dockers. Jumping around a bit, but the Dockers going from kind of a a, a good side at home um, and just an easy bit away to this is kind of fair Serious, and what yeah. we and what we can do away from home. That's the first game you felt normal, Ran, though. Um, yeah, played uh, the whole game, felt good. And then I remember the next day, I was like, oh, I'm going to wake up next day. It's going to be shit. Wake up, it was good. And I actually could do the acid flush on yep. Monday, the jog. Yeah, used to do them. Never could do it. Never, never had to always do the swim. You was on the bike. I wasn't the bike or the what bike or the, with Maney. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Maney, <laughs> Maney, I, ran, Maney I ran on the Monday and um, I was like, this is, I'm back. Like it's, I still get some pain to this day, but um, from there it was, it was, it was fixed. You've skipped over a lot of the recovery though, right? Yeah. Well, when you say it was complicated, like I remember I got drafted, I think it was 11, so that's where, that's the year. And then obviously 12 was the first year. Um, but you're in, I'll never forget watching you in rehab and you're getting your shins massaged and it was where you broke your leg. And I'm going, and Mickey, and you're like, ah, you're screaming. And I'm going, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, you know, I've got no idea what physios do, but I remember yeah, massaging yeah. your leg. We're in pre-season and... Um, and you still played, I think you played round one and you mm. dominated and, uh, but like, Sub. But, but there was a lot of comp. I remember you in training, out of training. What was it that was complicated with your break and your leg? Yeah. I'm not 100% sure. I think. Shin splints, all that stuff. Shin, compartment syndrome. So compartment syndrome is where your muscle doesn't fully release, I think. So my, to this day, my left, so when I broke my leg, you know, you get told the stories, your leg will turn into that, you know, like your leg. Your quad will be like that in your calves. You'll have no muscle definition because you won't use it. My quad was like that. But my shin, it's quite um, – my shin kind of actually expanded because of swelling and never kind of fully released. Or, um, so I had to get them slit, the the muscles, to release some. Jesus. Um, I don't think that really worked. Um, but I think my main issues were around strength, like strengthening up your, your ass muscles and your quads and your hammies. I never really got them back to that level probably before – uh, yeah, hindsight's great, but I reckon in hindsight I wouldn't have run or, or returned to run. I thought you just, as soon as you could run, you things would build up and you play. But um, I'd probably neglected, not through um, lack of effort or method, I, I probably needed more more time strengthening and probably another month or so, strengthening all those muscles to make sure that return was a bit more seamless. So that cast my mind to this broken leg club. Are you giving guys a call now and feeding that in? <laughs> um, have you given someone a call? In the past I have, yeah. 
Who'd you call? Yeah, good question. Um, I reckon pretty straight. I think Jake Stringer broke his leg, I reckon, like a year or so after me, but he was in the under-18s. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going all right. Um, package, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, like I remember uh, – you remember a guy called Tim Broomhead? Yeah, Collingwood? Big, big snapped his leg on a on a goalpost at yeah, Collingwood. Now coach, funnily enough, coaches North Albury and we have to – like we we have players go – yeah, to their local club. We have a, a North Orb, couple of North Albury players, so we have to. I have to connect with Tim Broomhead to see how they go and whatnot. But he he broke his leg, and Gary Rowan broke his leg through the the slide yeah. situation. So kind of connected with him. Um, yeah, that's that probably a, a while ago now. But um, yeah, I remember it's pretty cool. Like Nathan Brown and. Austin. I was going to say, that's pretty cool. They, I mean, it's awesome that yeah. we can shout them out, that they've called you. Yeah. That would have gave you a little bit of, I mean, just, it's good, it's good hearing mm. their stories. You know, you got the three to six and you got yeah. the, maybe the glass half empty over the other yeah, side yeah, of Brown yeah. Dog. Brown, but remember Brownies was like, it was like, uh, Brownies he describes yeah, it I remember, as, he, I remember he's, because I was, he was, yeah, I remember watching his, it was, just, yeah, bad. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Probably like yours. We'll move on because it's not a topic, but I've never asked you. I've never really sat down and asked you. That's what I love about the potty. You get deep on a yeah, couple of topics. Deep, yeah. Um, but you just made me laugh there talking about Maney. It's funny, Maney. It's like, Maney, Maney listens. I know he listens. So, but like people don't understand Maney like we do. We've yeah. seen Maney at full flight and then we've seen him, nothing against vegans, nothing against people that don't drink, nothing against school teachers, but mm. you can get where I'm going with it. We've seen him at full flight, um, dancing, buying everyone a shot at the bar, carrying on, you know, best on. What was his um, uh, espresso martini? Oh. Like, he would go out some nights and, and then, you know, spend- Oh, he tells some funny stories and I will get him on and I'll hopefully get him out of him. No, he won't, um, he won't tell I don't know if he will. I've got to tell him for him. But, yeah. but I, was, I, remember, I just remember going to his wedding and the boys from the pies, just no way that's Christmas. Yeah, Man, yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. He used to look after the young boys. We'd be playing cricket. We'd be going out. He'd be yeah. shouting us all because we had no money and he's he's at the, like full fight in his mm. career. But um, you, you made me laugh there thinking about Freo. Let's talk about Freo days. What are the fond memories? What are the things that you loved? Probably not even uh, foot, footy yeah. related. Just the, the, the things that you go, oh, geez, I good times um no pretty special like living i was i was um when i got there like you you make very like significant friends don't you and because because a lot of us have to relocate to perth you become you live out of each other's pocket i'm not sure having done freo and gold coast i've seen that side and you would have done freo and um freo and giants see that side where your genuine connections are those guys at the footy club and you haven't got your family you haven't got your, your staunch you know day oneers that you grew up with and went to school with and whatnot. Um, so you have to live out of each other's pocket. And I just remember like living with Nick Lower, like my first or my second and third year. Um, a funny moment to start. He's now in my bridal party when I get married. But the first day he's, um, he's rocked up and we had a sparring session and he's gone. It's his first day. So no one's really going with Nick Lower. So you have to grab a partner. I was like, I'll go with a new bloke. I'll come over here, mate. And he's like, yep, go grab your sparring. And um, he's just bopping around and, and you just had to warm up. Like just just spar, just tap each other's gloves and get each other's shots. Right, and now work into it, some body shots. And he just starts banging me, like full-blown belting the living Jesus out of me. And then, he, then we started headshots. Okay. <laughs> he's really broken my nose, which is a fair target. <laughs> but I've got, I've, got, I've got blood going out my nose. And I'm like, at the end I've got well, tissue gauze up my nose going home. Thinking he rings me, he's like, oh, let's go out for dinner. And he sat me down. It's like he had a confession to make. We ended up living with each other for two years after this before he got um, delisted. 
He goes, oh, man, geez, I'm sorry about the boxing thing. <laughs> There's something I've got to tell you. I'm like, what's this bloke sitting me down for at dinner? Like one-on-one on a Tuesday night in Frio, just went out for a nice meal. Yeah. And he, he goes, mate, I just love fighting. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I fucking just love fighting. And, you know, I got in there and it was like, a, I was just like a, a bull to a red rag. So that was um, just so anyone out there that doesn't know Lowy, like one of the nicest guys <laughs> I've ever met on a list. Loves fighting, and then but like such an aggressive bloke. So you get him in a boxing ring. I haven't seen him like that. I don't think I've only ever seen the nice guy because I was like a kid. Um, but on the footy field, you can see he's an aggressive bastard. Got co- copped a couple of great something, and I like going down this, telling stories about sprays, on field training. Um, <laughs> he used to, yeah. he used to cop it, man. I, oh, I felt mate. sorry for him. He so was, he got delisted with a year to go on his contract. Yeah, he and so by Ross. And he, funnily enough, him and like this is the type of guy he is, right? Didn't understand that one. Like he's tough. He didn't really yeah. rate him. I'd, so Ross delisted him. Done, mate. Next few time, you're out. Um, and four or five years later, Lowy's buddied up and like he's doing business with with Ross. So he's one that just to move on, you know. Like I, yeah. I get the circumstance. That's right. Let's. So he's quite a unique character and an amazing person. He is a great guy. That perspective, but some of his training stuff. So you know how it is, and you and I were often on the challenge team, you know, the, the match sim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you play a match sim. Challenge you got, team you got, means there's the ones and then the challenge team's pretending to be so the team they're the, playing. They put the magnets up. And I, I actually have to do this at Werribee now, and I'm very open and honest that that's, it is what it is. Yeah. Here's your team that's our 18, and it's Pavlich, it's Sanderlands, it's Fife, it's Mundy, it's – that's you know McFarlane, Maine. and then <laughs> Maney couldn't 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 comprehend it one day, Maney, when he had to put the bib on in the challenge. <laughs> yeah. team. He was like, "What am I doing? <laughs> Welcome to the team, brother." <laughs> and we, we, the challenge team would get each other in before match we'd, team. We'd go all right, wouldn't and we? And we'd have to play like Carlton or Sydney or whoever the fuck we're playing that week. Um, and Nick Lower clearly he was on the challenge team a lot, and he was the midfielder on the challenge team, so he'd often be on Fifey. And I remember one day it was like tap down. <laughs> And it's, it's an interesting one because you, you're told to train with purpose and try and get your way into the team through training. This is funny. <laughs> and he's tackled Fifey. Great tackle. Like, Dumped him. Like, like, great, like, textbook tackle. Even today, wasn't a dump, but tackled him, holding the ball. No worries. Everyone's like, well, that's holding the ball. <laughs> right, everyone looks at Ross and it's like this deathly science. Don't touch him. Fife's ball. <laughs> oh, and so Nick's like, I had to put the hands up. Oh. Like, don't, t- don't touch him. And there's <laughs> some so other, true. there's some other absolute rippers. Matty DeBoer getting sent off from training. Um, I got told to pack me bags and head to the gym halfway through a session. I'll never forget Hayden Crozier uh, is my draft, Hanger. and we can't, yeah, and we can't do it. And, and that's what that's what AFL. It's a politics, you know, that politics in it. It's amazing. You're trying to prove yourself. You're playing on the Brownlow medalist, and you get him holding the ball, and it's like, don't touch him. You know? <laughs> don't touch it blows my mind. But, ball. but um, Crozzy, Crozzy, uh, and this is something I'm very serious on. They do take away assets from young players. They don't want you. They want you to be robots. You know, no kicking on your left foot. We don't do that here. We do this. You know, blah blah blah. Crozzy's been told not to fly. He's in He's a hanger machine. If he you look at the, when he's drafted, he, well, he was, he is, and he can still can. I don't think he takes enough of them because he's probably been scarred from this this training session. Hey, well, we grounded him at Werribee versus yeah. Footscray. Yeah, 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 you did, him, yeah, you did well, Crosby. <laughs> you have been playing half back against Werribee. Mickey made sure you didn't fly, <laughs> but um, uh, I'll never forget the training session where he has there's a there's a rule where you're not allowed to jump and knee people in the back. 
Um, Crosby didn't need anyone this day. He's on Channel 9 at the moment in the series, doing very well. Um, And Crosby has sat on one of the boys' heads and taken an absolute screamer. Same thing. (laughs) Get in. Who the fuck do you think you are, mate? And Crosby's just taken mark of the decade, right? Everyone line up. 400. If I see it again, you won't be training. Like, I do remember that. That's yeah. what's going on. And as a young player, I still to this day can't yeah. comprehend it. It is. Um, You're a coach, Mick. What is, what is going on there? Well, yeah, it's risk and reward, isn't there? Um, and I went to the Train Suns. Train the way you play. You it's get those ones. Frio was very much like we look after, like there's the double whistle. Yeah, Peter's, I didn't mind the rules that look Peter, after Peter each other. Peter Sumich in match play had one role. And when he blew the double whistle, the ball stopped dead because there was a high ball. or Yeah, that's And fine. every now and then, Summer had caught the wrath because the double whistle didn't go off. And it was Sum. What are you doing? He's like... <laughs> Summer has his face on. He was like, oh, sorry, Ross. He's <laughs> such a good fellow, wasn't he? <laughs> um, and anyway, the... <laughs> Summer's got... I got to the Suns and my first session, I'll never forget, like there was... It was... Bodies oh, flying. It was on. And I was yeah. like... Oh, what's going on here? I'm not yeah. used to this on a on a Tuesday um, or a Monday morning at pre-season training. So different clubs. I'm a bit um, – you, you definitely kind of brief them. That, look, understand we're here to protect, but you do need to utilise the, the time in like, – like for, for instance, this week, six-day break, we need to as, – as VFL players, you don't have much time with them. So you need to find 10 to 15 minutes in training to compete and play and, and do some stuff that you need to work on. Um, and yeah, you, you always like the, the risk reward. So you have to do it with that risk. Um, so I'm a bit more, yeah, look to, look to make them compete and, and play or train like they play, but manage the time and the drills that you're doing that for. Mm. Yeah. It's a hard one, but, uh, the hangers on their head, the you got to appreciate yeah. them in the training. There's a bit of, I don't mind that. As a coach, if a young player comes to your club and shows some brilliance on a training track, you can't punish him with a 400, can you? Um, no, I haven't. Think done. about the toll that has. What have I done? Four hundreds for. I've done a couple, and the Ross again. I've got a great one, Matty DeBoer, who's the, just the nicest guy in the world. Well, he's proved himself. They should never got rid of him. Exactly. Um, he 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 wasn't a great he ball user, Matt. He'd swim between the flags type of operator. Well, I think he used it well enough in the end. And that is a good call because I think he perception. hated that. Yeah, the perception kills players. Because he used to come in after having forty for Peel Thunder in the waffle. Yeah. And the feedback was, so what did I say to you this week, Matt? Because me and Maddie were probably in the same boat for a year. We were like yeah. out of the team, getting lots of it. Feedback. And, um, and mine was probably warranted. Just don't get all this junk <laughs> and start to hit some targets. I'm like, that's fair. Um, Maddie, what was yours? He goes, yeah, start to hit some targets. But he goes, oh, I genuinely didn't, didn't miss a target. <laughs> and I'm like, you're probably actually right. Because he, he had the ungamely kicking style. He would, he's so diligent. He's like, I'm not going to miss a target today. I'm going to have 40, but I'm going to. such an elite unit. Anyway, but ones at training when we were really kind of flying and he was playing that high half forward role, I still picture it where it was. It's like halfback flank, Frio oval training. And I was in the next grip to go into the drill. <laughs> and he pulls back, tries to bite one off through the corridor. <laughs> Never try to bite them off, kids. <laughs> Don't bite them off. Especially if not enough separation. So he bit one off, turnover. Get off. <laughs> I laughed now. Maddie, but and Matty DeVore, as diligent, yep, no worries, Ross, I'll get off. Started running off. He's halfway to the bit, and he, that walk. <laughs> it's like a dog. Like, honestly. Matty had to walk 
the last, and everyone had to wait until he was off before the next drill started. So this is like it's horrendous. That wouldn't be happening at St Kilda now. I'm guessing with that won't. It won't you won't win a flag like it. That's why I, yeah. I, I think he has changed. But yeah. like these things, they're funny, but they're like it's it's it's, it's you need the right. I've, I've had all that right, yeah. so I know what it feels like to be told to do shit like that. Yeah. And it's you're all laughing at the fact that the scenario, but it, it breaks it breaks you down eventually. Oh, you yeah. start losing it. No, I was. Um, you only got a year in the twos, remember, and they oh, said, I had yeah, the yeah. game. I had a game where I got subbed before, just after half time. Um, played a, it's a derby, and it was like we're getting smacked. Half time comes in, so, Mick, you're going like you're going like shit. Like, how about you give yourself some length from stoppage and you know eh, tidy up this? Yeah, okay, all good. Team's up. I'll oh, start on the bench. No worries. First, he's like, I need, I need a response. No response from you. Like, no worries. And which you would have. I'm happy to respond. Yeah. <laughs> so I sit down. I was living with you at the time. We always Don't responded. Matter. Yeah, we were like, oh, I'm ready to respond. Um, sat down. Oh, first rotation, I've got Ballas. Ballas coming off soon. Ballas gets called. I'm up on the boundary, ready to go on. Ballas is like literally 20 metres from the boundary. And Chris Bond, our footy manager, gets up, Mick. I'm like, oh, fine. One more time. Need a lift. Just threw the red vest at me. I didn't get a chance. I've sat there for four and had to <laughs> vest it up. And I remember the Monday I went in. I reckon I, I went home that night. I was so filthy. Dope Al. I went home, dumped the bag, put the sand shoes on and went for a 7K run. <laughs> I was just like, um, I need to get some endorphins going. But that next week I was trying to make contact with the coach. Like, you know, how do I get him? And I was beelining him in the corridor one day. It was on a day off. I'm like, oh, what's he going to say here? And he's just like, I oh, could okay. Get rolling. It's just bizarre. <laughs> like was, the shit. Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, the thing, the reason you laugh is it happened to you a few times, yeah, right? Yeah. This happened to me every week. Yeah. Mick, every fucking week. <laughs> Man, the mind I games in the whole. I'll never forget one day I go, Russell, here you go. And he's like, what'd you call me? It's like, you know, like it's like, you know, like one day it's like, Trey. So you'll go, you'll, you'll go, Russell, here you go, man. He's like, oh, T Trey. There you go, man. You're going, he's my best mate. I'm on him, right? 30 minutes later, I'll come back with a bit of gusto and a bit more personality. I go, I'll say something funny and he'll just go, st- a bit of gusto. What'd you say? And just keep walking and all of a sudden everyone around goes, oh, and all of a sudden you're back in your shell again. You're going, I can't read this bloke. What you did really well, and it was probably done with a fair bit of anxiety, was I think the leadership group figured out, oh, we need to break these, this, the monotony of some of this stuff up, you know, the, the structured elements of how serious we are and, you know, we're always on. And they said to you, I don't know how it came about, but um, you did the the fines, was it? Fines or like the weekly wrap or whatever before before the- or after training, you'd come in and do your thing where it's like things that happened around the club that were humorous. And coaches were in the meetings as well. And I think it's all well and good, that stuff, obviously, when you're winning and things. But even, I remember one week it was like we'd lost and it was a tough week. And they're like, well, no, we don't want to be dictated to by win-loss. <laughs> Up you get traino. <laughs> And you've got up like, <laughs> and you've done your script. I don't think that helped me doing it, that stuff, I'll it, be honest. But it went well. It um, always went well, but I, I look back now and I go, I should never have done me comedy skits with coaches in the yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. Because I reckon it, it, it's a perception thing. Yeah. I like and I always thought you, you're mucking around, but it's like, I'm just trying to G the boys up because yeah. we're, we're a bit flat here. i got one that like we're coaching now. The guy that does our finds you like you're trusted and he's, a, he's an absolute gem like to coach he's like driven um role specific you know i'll do anything to win i'll do whatever you need me to do i'll do and he does that stuff um and 
Oh, it's great. But well, I make sure now oh, he did a couple of times in front of everyone. And like, oh, I love hearing it. But um, it's probably a player's thing. You do need that stuff where it's just players. and Yeah, you do. They have that little, little. Um, I can't repeat little, half the stuff, the material I use, but I'll just never forget. I stitched a couple of boys up and like, I, 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 I can't that. tell it. But did like, you tell the story? Sorry to jump in, but the, that Ross was big on mental imagery, right? And on the Tuesday, I reckon he's like, mental imagery, like you got to start working on your mental imagery because you're going out there and getting in big moments and we're, like, we're shallowing it. Yeah. And he's like, what are you doing for mental imagery, Pav? Pav's like, well, you know, three times a day, 20 minutes, meditation, uh, softening, softening sounds, sound between the toes. Fifey, yep, down the beach, hearing the waves crash, um, decompressing, uh, offline. Kepler Bradley, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, this is funny. He's like, um... So I just do like, I do five minutes in the shower. <laughs> so I reckon that happened the Tuesday it was, and it was like, it was fierce. It was like, mate, yeah, you sat in front of me as well. No wonder, mate. No wonder you bloody, you know, 12 years, one year contract, you're on the other side and you're doing mental imagery in the shower. How are you going? Um, and that was the Tuesday, but by the Thursday, you know, enough. I reckon you've got up and did a thing about, oh, good boy. So oh, this week we're going to be on because, you know, Kepler's out of his shower this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I just used to love the banter, man. I think I just, I just that's what I miss so much. Like, it's just a little cheap gag, but fuck it. The boys used to eat it up. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. I'll um, never get, um, it's, it'll be unreleased, but the uh, Luke McFarlane's so talented, soft. very smart, one of the coolest dudes you can meet. And, um, him and Kepler and Mzungu and um, Tendai, but yeah, Moors, uh, the boys would link up after the season and they do a play, they do a song a with a full a review. Pre um, they did it after pre-season, heading into the season. That's I right. I reckon a mid-year one and then an end of season The end one. of season one was the best though. And the year, the, the one, and there was a full film clip with it. And the best one was Kepler in the showers doing his mental imagery. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, he almost got the ask of this, yeah. but in the end of the year, he ended up firing up and get another one-year contract and oh, he's mate. just doing the, taking the absolute piss. No one will really be able to understand this, but if you, if anyone could comprehend, you know, Kepler Bradley, is, he's exactly like you. I'm going to get Kepler on this potty. I need he's to get He's exactly Perth. as you imagine he is. Now, footy manager at Claremont, doing really well. Um, and Scott Gumbleton, who is exactly like you'd imagine him. Just, you know. The Gumbles. Like, the... I don't even know how to describe these two individuals um, to give it, give it justice. Great humans, great humans, very relaxed. They used to live together and do the 30-minute drive-in from Joondal up to Frio every day. And and I've heard like a couple of stories where they'd silence for 20 minutes <laughs> and then one of them would just go, what are you thinking about? And kept a bit, uh, one of them would be like, oh. I was just trying to think of ways we don't have to go to work today. He <laughs> 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 uh, goes, I, I just – just trying to figure out, like, and I, we're getting closer to, to training and can't think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon Kit was the, one of the funniest guys I've ever met in the locker room. I, not, not, as a young bloke coming into a list, yeah. I had never seen anything like mm. it. He's, a, he's just a big weapon. Mm. Um, nah, good times. Couldn't read and sm um, couldn't read the whiteboard. There's one for you. You know that well, actually couldn't like it, see when the team was up. <laughs> the magnets. He, he'd have to. I'd have to have a. I had because I was sitting next to him. I, I had a double, I had a tap on his, and we probably should have come up with a better way, like just a thumbs up or thumbs down if you're in or out. Yeah. But we had like a tap on the leg if he's out, just like. This is luck. selection. Bad luck, man. <laughs> and then I'd grab him if he was in. And every week it was like, I'd do it. And he'd be like, fuck's that one man again. 
<laughs> and, and I remember once I, I I did the right one, and the whole meeting you could hear him snarling like he was like, I'm like fuck he's fired up he's fired up to win this week because he's playing for nuts and half forward for us and he's he's on like have a look how fierce he's looking he's like and he walk out and I'm like are you ready to go yes I'm so angry I'm so fucking angry like done everything I need to do to get back in the team I'm like, I'm like mate you are in the team your name's up there he goes oh. Didn't you grab your leg real hard? I'm like, yeah, I did. No, no, I, I'm like, oh, maybe I fucked it up. But anyway, he's, <laughs> he, he, the whole time, yeah, I think we need just to go, oh, you're in? Or oh, you're out. Whistler, mate, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> he's a guy, oh, I couldn't read. Oh, uh, but good man, good man. Fucking funny. How intense are our meeting rooms? Mm. It was a very intense place. I don't think I've had more anxiety in a meeting room or a, or so a situation. Take, explain exactly how, how they operated. Well, I can tell everyone how not to do it. Uh, never go to a meeting five minutes early because you're five late. Ble- work that out. Well, as a young bloke from Riddles Creek that used to think nine o'clock was the time you start, he's in there five early, mm. patting himself on the back, and you got 70 people looking at you while you're walking in last, yeah, yeah, and you got to yeah. walk up past everyone like a lecture, t- lecture theatre, and so the coach is sitting there, like, and you got to get no, the old, right, yeah, sorry, mate. We'll wait, we'll wait. Yeah, you get, the, uh, <laughs> you get a little sly one on the way. <laughs> And then automatically they're coming for you because yeah, they're like, yeah, okay, yeah. let's see how much you remembered from yesterday's meeting. Yeah, so yeah. essentially we would review every meeting. Mm. We would call it re- review the review. So we would have a meeting um, and then we would ask someone to review yesterday's meeting yeah. while you're trying to absorb today's meeting just to <laughs> fuck with your head. And they generally target idiots like me because I might be laughing a bit too loud. I'll never forget I used to laugh too much. And one day I laughed too hard when no one laughed. And... Um, Anyway, and, and it was just those things. You get in there at 7 a.m. in the morning and you've got a coffee and you might have a bit of anxiety because you're going all, where you going, boys? Straight into a room, darkness, and you're reviewing a game. You're lost yeah. by a point and you might not have done your cover roll right. And the eye in the sky doesn't lie. And, and there's camera angles everywhere <laughs> and you've got to know everyone's role and you've got to know if you played your role and, and you've got to give feedback on the spot and you're only 19 and you're trying to work out like, and what you did last night. And, mate, all this is going through your head and it's, it's 7 a.m. in the morning and the coach is going, <laughs> bang, come up the front, put your notepad down and tell us what what we did yesterday, give me the five points and you're going, you're fucking, I don't even know what I'm having for breakfast, right? So this is the shit that caused so much anxiety and you do it every day for fucking seven years, okay? Oh. So that that's a bit of an insight into what no, it was like no, and was, you couldn't miss one. No, no, was, um, and in the end, I'd had enough. In the yeah. end, I'd had enough of the notepad and I actually, I actually become, it was yeah, quite you, repetitive. You knew that, you actually knew yeah, what they were going to say but um, I'll never forget one day I was in that meeting room and the great man, Michael Aitness, uh, people would know if you don't, he's a, he was a machine. He used to smash packs and almost laughable how hard he'd go at packs. Oh, like disgusting. And I think, I think he'd had a couple of, uh, not, not that I'm laughing at this, but he'd had a couple of concussions um, and he'd come back and, you know, we'd always say like, he's a very quiet guy in the locker room and I used to get around him and rouse him up a bit because he was yeah. very quiet. And uh, we used to just almost laugh at how hard he would go at a pack. Yeah. Like, I'll never forget one day they put the waffle <laughs> trademark up and they go, have a look at Mick because we've come off a bad loss and they go, have a look at Mick throwing his body on the line, right? <laughs> and it's very serious and he's just going bang and he split the pack and I've started laughing out loud <laughs> and no one's laughing and then the, the coach goes, what are you laughing at? And you're just like, oh, no, no, just great, great, great contest. And then all of a sudden, bang, you're upstairs in the principal's office at Batlock again, getting told to be serious. Oh, fuck. Hey, um, you just didn't know how, you didn't you know did, how to act in those meetings. Well, and then Ross, you, you never, you never, affection was never close. So I, on my, towards the back end of my career, I'd, they'd throw me the tagging role. 
And I thought, well, that's, well, I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, we all got that it's one. Like, there's, there's your rope. <laughs> Brought me over at training once and said, oh, mate, you're, you're back in the team. I'm like, beautiful. Goes, you're going to tag. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> all right. I am, I am genuine. Like, I'm like, I'd, this is something that's quite foreign to me. So, um, and, uh, but anyway, I had a couple of good games. Robbie Gray, never, best game I ever played. We got a good win, poor Adelaide. And I, the ball just fell in my lap all day. Bounced left, I was left, Robbie was right. And I had a good, good, good outing. Robbie didn't touch it much. I thought, like, this week's the one week I reckon I can walk around guilt free. And Ross's, <laughs> Ross's door was open. Oh, that door's always open, boys. <laughs> so I thought, I'll kind of just um, shuffle past, walk past. You hear down the you hear down the hallway, Mick. Beautiful. Wants to give me a pat on the back. And I'm like it's the only when you go to walk in and sit down. And he's like, no, just stay up. It just won't take long. I'm like, yes, I'll be great. Four fifty stoppage. Maybe get goal side. Should have kicked three. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. Walk out. Yeah, not much we can do in this world. Oh, the insights of uh, no. playing in a defensive mechanism. Uh, defense was life. Yes. If you didn't have the if you weren't goal side or at the right cover roll, man, I used to worry about cover rolls more than. I oh, mean, I'm a first round draft pick. I look back on my career. I know you take the piss. I'm a first round draft pick for yeah. a reason. I used to go all right, but I used to go to games with that much anxiety about trying to make a fucking tackle, cover rolls. not fucking miss the ground ball. And a cover roll, which for anyone out there wants to know what a cover roll is, it's it's see out Na- Nathan Fife's man. <laughs> <laughs> and if you, if, you, if you don't see that, you got to get the ball, you got to tackle, and you've also got to stop the Paddy Dangerfields well, yeah. coming through the front of the stoppage. There's so much going through your head, right? And you get one wrong, you get dropped as a young bloke, and that's the, that was the rigors of it. I'm gonna have to, yeah, and I'm hopeful. Uh, Giants was different. Giants was like, mate, don't worry about it, just play footy. You yeah. play start there and see what happens. See what happens. Let it let it flow. Eh? Didn't work. Let there. it fly. Go in the park either. <laughs> Maybe she went back to trying to get a tackle. Um, but yeah, it was it was a different beast. Mm. Um, but uh, looking back, it was good. We had a winning. It was a winning. It, it was as a team um, first. It was yeah. a winning culture, which I look back and very uh, grateful. And the boys we played with, the lads, connectivity uh, ne- was strong. Never ever had a group like it. Everyone bought in, and if you didn't buy in, you could you, you easily were yeah. out the back. So I think that's that, that's what, well point well, I remember when I finished at Freo, it was like, yeah, like there's hindsight's beautiful, but like during that period where we were pretty good. And it was like, oh, you don't take anything for granted, but at the same time, when it comes to an end and you, you know that that's probably that experience and that kind of um, level of connection will never be replicated. Like I went to the Suns, probably optimistic it, it would and it would play well and everything. Um, but, you know, when you're kind of that mid-20s, you're playing well, you're doing the job you love and with kind of people that you respect and, you know, largely get along with, it's like um, – I remember when we had a few beers at the left bank when I was leaving, I looked around, I was like, oh, this is, I can smell the roses time, but it's it's about to, you know, get the roses are about to get pruned. <laughs> so it's all over. And um, yeah. and one last one, I'm free. I'll give you one more. Yeah, give us one more. Special, special time. It wasn't so special for me on the day. And we might be able to attach some vision of this. End of every footy season, season finishes. You have a silly Sunday. Um, it was uh, Saturday though, because we played Friday night against the Hawks. And we lost. What year is this? 2015. Out prelim. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, oh, this is me. This is and we go to Fifey's. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, Fifey's house for the, the drinks and the carry-on. And we do a sprint every oh, year. Oh, fuck. I meant to bring this up, and I'm glad you did. We did the sprint every year. Yeah, you know, and the reigning non-champion, so the rain, the loser <laughs> from the year before, has to challenge another player on the list to a 
loosely a 60 to 80 meter sprint. A sprint. And there's a lot of talk all year. And oh, just yeah, so anyone knows, we used to get, we used to rip anyone that was a bit sluggish. <laughs> and Mick was consistently copying it for his spread, not his speed, <laughs> but spread from yeah, stoppages because yeah. you weren't. Especially defensively. Especially defensively. Ford was very quick. Yeah, yeah. Well, six roll, bang out. And I think <laughs> Alex Forster just got delisted mm. and he'd, he was beaten by Jack Hannah. Jack Hannah. So Jack Hannah had to go again. And Jack pinned me and out. All year he challenged you, the big <laughs> yeah. fella. This is a Ruckman, by the way. Ruckman. Quads the size of my whole body. Um, yeah, very slow. Very I mean, slow you individual. You need to attach the vision somehow to after this story's finished because he does. We, uh, I'm probably alluding to the fact that I lost to Jack. Um, no excuses. I've got a couple that I could bring out. But anyway, we had to run and someone filmed it from the I top story of Fifey's. And it, like, it's because where Fifey moved, like, new houses going up everywhere. So it was kind of like it was a great place to have a carry on because well, not many people were living around there. Yeah, it was an empty estate with a few mansions. And, One was Fifey's. Yeah, with a nice um, bloody, uh, what are they called, uh, Crescent where yeah. no through road No thing. traffic. So we were starting down that end and there was people at the starting line. There was people spattered along the, the finish. The balcony was the finish line. Yeah. So it was 40 blokes cheering on yeah. you and Jack. Not, not many for me. And then we're out of the blocks. Jack, Jack's wearing his jocks. <laughs> And he's out. And he was powerful. And I reckon 30 metres in, I'm just like, <laughs> he's got me. It's all over. All over. Like, all over. I didn't even finish. Jack goes through the line, chest out, does the Drew Petrie, <laughs> does, does the robot. Boom, 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 boom. Um, <laughs> oh, mate, I, I'll never live that. And Is that it, one of the lowest points of your that, career? That was low, low as low. Because um, Jack... To this day, just so And we've had a few more. We've gone to a few weddings and that and, 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 still and done. Every time we catch up, and like, it's usually at a wedding or he was living in Darwin. I played a couple of games of footy. Rory Atkins, your good friend, um, who they, as it worked, they, they, they date sisters. The same sisters, sisters. Yeah. So Rat's there, and I'm saying, Rat, we're doing this sprint and you're filming it in Darwin. So the last time we've done it, I won, and there's vision of that as that well. It doesn't count. Though. Only just in Darwin, <laughs> the humidity got him. He couldn't handle the humidity. <laughs> Oh, for anyone out there that doesn't understand, the rivalry here is was it was one of those ones at a footy club, and you could probably do it now at your club, is challenging a ruckman and a, maybe a bloke that thinks he's going better than himself, <laughs> like Mick on the on the spread. And all year you had his measure, but the day that he beat you, it was like it probably it was one of the greatest moments after such a depressing yeah, uh, night's uh, prelim. But uh, we'll get that footage up, and no doubt the boys in our fantasy, our chosen ones, will be licking their lips just waiting for this clip. Braden's <laughs> going to clip up as a highlight. Mickey, um, I don't want to hold you up too much more because we could talk to you, but before I go, how, how's um, how's the transition been into you're now a head coach at Werribee? You've got a few other jobs. Have you found that? Have you is this the, is this you for the rest of your life? Or are you still working it out? It's a good question, man. And this is something I think we did want to talk about in terms of um, you know, transitioning out of the out of the AFL and. Um, you know, you live this life where you, where like, like we just spoke about, three hours, like you, you connect, like you got best mates mm. that you with every day. You go on for lunch with every day. Um, you live with, you know, not you, you, and life. Whilst it's kind of a high, high performance, high stress job, at the same times it's very fulfilling and you love it and, and, and it's kind of you're fit and healthy. When I was finishing at the Suns, I, I always kind of thought I knew what you wanted to do. Um. But you just you thought it was far enough away that you wouldn't fully have to worry about it. You know, it's like, oh, I'd love the idea of some media stuff. I still want to be involved in footy somehow. It's, it's transitioned into coaching, um, and I'm like, I'm so kind of humbled by how I've got to where I am now in terms of the roles I have, um, and kind of couldn't have asked for a better transition to be to be honest. Since since um, 
leaving footy. But in those last, my last year in particular, when I knew it was, oh, by about March, I knew it's curtains, like when you're starting on the interchange in an intra-club match. <laughs> like I thought that was my chance. Yeah. <laughs> so God, I've got a couple of academy kids we're just going to have a look at today. <laughs> yeah, you must be struggling. I was like, okay. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, and it, but like, uh, I, I look back at that year as, as kind of something um, – like it was a tough year because like you'd separate like you, you know it's all over and you're probably in denial a fair bit about it. I mean, you're a bit like oh, and you feel like everything, um, outside of your control is is contributing to it. I probably had you know things I was probably not doing perfectly as well to be able to contribute to, you know, not getting selected or not giving myself the best chance or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, some genuine. I'm, I'm interested. You probably had some similar stuff. That genuine anxiety of what your life is beyond being a footballer you do become a little bit institutionalized and a bit um uh i think you know tied to the job and it's a great job but then when it does dawn that gee whiz i've, I've earned good dough done what i loved now you know it's it's the next next phase so i think my what held me in good stead was good, like good people around me family friends um you know, the, the footy clubs that I was attached to, you know, and the, the PA. Like, you have a lot of support coming out, um, but then you do have to tap into your own reserves, don't you? And you have to look the man in the mirror and say, right, what are we doing and how are we doing it? And um, my big thing was trial and error, really. The, the best bit of advice I got when I finished was, what do you want to do um, and how do you get there? And I wasn't really sure, and I'm probably still I'm not fully sure where I want to go. And I said, um, the advice I got was make sure you just say yes to as much stuff as you can. And then you just kind of tick stuff off and cross stuff off. Like, yep, I like that. I don't like that. Um, you'll build connections. You might not like something, but you're going to make a connection out of out of that that person that you, you know, they may come back to you, you may come back to them. So I've done, and we joke a little bit about me doing a lot of different things, but it's pretty much broken up into coaching, which is my full-time job with, with Werribee. Um, and, and there are different branches from that in terms of uh, some specialist coaching that I do on the side. Um, and then the other branch, which is probably 20% of my career now is media. So, you know, special comments for AFL Nation. Um, some some stuff with Zave Ellis in, in WA on Channel 7 and, you know, writing an article in the in the West. All stuff that if you had told me that's what I was doing in five years, I would have, like, parceled it up and been so happy because that, for the guy going out of the AFL – that was probably what it wanted to look like. Um, comes with pretty hard work though. Like it's, I'd do, um, I'd say probably 60 to 70 hours a week, like of everything. And you don't really get days off when you're kind of, you, you become self-employed. And if you're coaching a side, the, the thing you need to be is organized and prepared. So you might play on a Saturday, but your Sunday, you have to really prioritize with a young family now when you do your work. Um, and I've got a really supportive kind of, um, fiance who, who, um, who gets it. And, um, I reckon a lot of people out outside of that bubble sometimes wouldn't comprehend your, your partner spending four to six hours on his computer on a Sunday or talking to players or, you know, three nights a week, four nights a week, never home for bath time, all of that stuff. So it does come with, um, your, your sacrifice, but, um, you get it back in other ways. Mm. No, well said, mate, and I'm, I'm glad you answered that and, 
you give people listening, um, you know, a great understanding of what you know, what your advice is. You know, mm. start it, cross it off. You know, you can't knock it till you try it. Um, and it's good. You're in a great place. You, I feel like you're always going to be in footy. You love footy. Um, you love, you know, I, I've, I've, one thing I've probably always told you, I don't know if I've told you recently, but you always embraced me and young guys. And I was probably a bit of a larrikin. I was very raw. I look back and go, geez, I, I was, you know, it just had no idea. You know, I didn't know that you had to be at meetings on time. When I say on time, 10 minutes early and be more professional in front of key figures like coaches and CEOs. I was just the same all the time. And, uh, but you never changed or wavered and you always welcomed me in or live with you. You're always great with young guys. And I think coaching, um, you can be serious, but you can also have fun and a beer. And I reckon you'll do really well in that space, but also the media, you like to talk a little bit of shit as yeah, well. So yeah. you're in that good spot. I feel like that's yeah. you and, and what man, that looks like next, you know, obviously VFL is a level below yeah. AFL. I think with a young family, you'll work out what that looks like, but yeah, it's good, mate. You're, uh, you're in a good spot. So well done. I'm going to wear that, am I? You're going to get it in a second. Oh, yeah. um, I'm going to get to the – you don't come on uh, Tommy Talks, don't. the Oz American yeah. Aces, no. and go home in with the nothing. Man, in the, with the hair – do I get a haircut? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't got many left. I hope uh, Braden touches the photos up. Sometimes <laughs> when he takes a photo, you're either your f- face goes red or your hair goes grey. I don't oh, know. No, well, <laughs> got both. No, I appreciate it. I love it. love what you're doing. And um, No, it's cool. Like it's um, – yeah, people sometimes the, the the big one for me we've discussed quite a serious one is and again if I, I'd imagine the the audience you get is largely uh, you know people pursuing professional sport or those guys in it as well that that consume this stuff. It's um yeah the the transition out stuff is if you get it right, it's so fucking fulfilling um to be able to to utilize the situation you've had, which you've done. We've talked about some probably down moments and some 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 of the roller coaster you experience as an athlete, but you've got to absorb all of that to be able to harness it and, and make yourself a successful individual beyond mm. beyond the sporting arena. And like you said, most all those blokes we mentioned are all um, doing great things, mm. you know. Kepler's now the GM at Claremont. Yeah. Manny's Manny running Moore's it. going to be CEO of Australia at uh, some of stage. Google. Um, <laughs> he's <laughs> Athletic Ventures, the king. He'll Alex be, Silvani's on the summit. He's on the summit. He's got about four jobs. Uh, we've got Kepler Bradley, GM, Claremont. Yeah. We've got you running uh, everything. You get 25 jobs. Yeah. Lee Spur, who we briefly mentioned, Lee he's Spur, doing something. He's CEO, managing director. Uh I haven't seen Aaron Sandlands in a while. I need to touch base with the great man. He's he'd be gecko, Lawrence, gecko got the, landscaping still flying. Got the uh, the the deal with all the councils around uh, around the south <laughs> yeah. of the river there. In, in He's just got to rock up and drink a couple of beers, and oh, the deal's he, done. Now, mate, yeah, nice. we'll start here. Rick's in retirement. Uh, these are the Rixies for you. Anyone out there? You know the drill. Which ones are these ones, Trano? These are the Soho Champagne Green Polarized Lenses. So there they're a bit go. thicker. They're squarer. Um, oh, mate, bit different. Up, I know you've got you've there. got the orbits, you've got the grands, you've got the tribeckers. Yeah. I've got to mix them up for you, mate. Nah, very appreciate. Riley can uh, chuck them on if you don't like them. Yeah, she, she's um, got a couple of the pairs. I think it came out that she got the what are the thin black? Just like the, the older school. She's she's big on them. So driving class, the Brookfield ones, or the uh, depends. If, is, is anyway, it, mate, they're, they're magic. Yeah. So. I mean, there's a few styles that I can't keep up. But keep them on for me, Mickey. I want to yeah. just ask you a question. If you yeah. were to retire, mm. and the the, the 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 this one's a hypothetical, but if you had cash, mm. like w- unlimited, and you your career is done, you've fulfilled yeah, yeah. everything, so you don't need to keep working. Where's the one place in the world you'd love to travel, retire with the family, <laughs> oh, and take God. the Rixies? And tell me uh, why. Well, well, we'll take the Rixies. Um, we spoke early about 
can we just go on an extended holiday of AK? My parents did that. You can do a, anything, but where's the one? Sabbatical. You get one let's house, go, one location. Uh, let's head to Jacksonville and watch Trevor week in, week out. <laughs> we'll sit in the pool. They've got the pool at, at Duval and then the um, the stadium. I think they need an upgrade, but they've got the pool. <laughs> and I might be in the pool there at, at 65 with um, – <laughs> A gangly kind of wrinkly rig, <laughs> skinny arms, and the, you would never have a gut. You got a great rig, people wouldn't know. You've always had a good rig. I've always. Remember, Manny, a, Manny said I was a four for a body, yeah. and then I'm like, oh, I think I'm not bad. And he lifted up my shirt, and he goes, oh, actually, you're a seven or eight. <laughs> well, I'll never forget. I told Smokey McFeed that he was a nine and a half because he got a hunchback, and he was in the showers when I said, yeah, and he goes, my- what did you say? And he nearly killed me. <laughs> I said, I'm only joking, Smokey. You take it easy, big fella. <laughs> Oh, oh good very good times. Um, mate, thanks for that. And you don't – I might – you know what? I'll take this off. You can try this on. Oh. This is the Milwaukee heated jacket because I want you to try it on. But this is – these. Um, I can't believe the uh, technology that this brand – they not only have the best tools, they've got the best jackets, they've got the best everything. Um, you're going to go home with that. And as a, a bloke that coaches, you know, the Werribee – imagine it gets cold on a Tuesday, Thursday night. So this is the Milwaukee Tough Shell heated jacket. It's the go-to for protection from the elements on the job site or enjoying the outdoors or coaching at Werribee or wherever you are watching the kids on a Sunday morning. The M12 Tough Shell heated jacket is powered by M12 red lithium iron batteries to provide lasting runtime and three adjustable heat settings, as I said, on your jacket and zones to trap heat in all day warmth. Um, and to get you out of the cold immediately. So there's an M12 red lithium starter pack. Uh, right next to me, behind me, actually. That, that's that's yours, and that's got all your batteries and charges. I'm on the GC on the Goodness Strip, and I'm also back in Ballarat watching the doggies play um, yeah. play the crows. You look like a recruiter, <laughs> uh, mate. This one here is all about you. Your highlight reel. When's a when's that time? And don't get humble here. This is a time to just. We still got these. On? You can take them off for this one. <laughs> this is a time where you know you have. You look back and you go, your Milwaukee handiest yeah. moments. The with the moment you were that hot, <laughs> you were that warm. You got the M12 battery heated jacket. How hot were you? Tell yeah. me the biggest highlight, your Milwaukee well, handiest the tagging, moment. Um, tagging at Robbie Gray, but we'll just honourable mention. Look, remember the game Fife Dangerfield, Adelaide forty. 40 P's each. I think I saw Danger out. Actually, I didn't see him out that day. You let him go. <laughs> um, I I kicked a goal from the pocket. That day, that night, it was wet. If you go the vision, right, you know, we're talking about how slow I am. Yeah. It was a foot race, man, Ballas, for this ball. Left him in mid And he's quick. Left him. <laughs> See you later, Ballas. Pick it up. He couldn't believe it. He's like, what, what's going on here? Picked it up, sold one way, went the other. Pav's at the top of the square. Again, we. <laughs> I reckon it might have come up in the trademark review that I might, might have been able to pop it to the top. You did this to him against Bulldogs later on in your. Oh, oh no, yeah. No, that's no. An, oh, keep going, keep going. Pav's at the top of the square, like. I don't reckon he had much split. <laughs> I thought I'm going to try and wobble. No, I'm going to try and boomerang this one home. Kicked it. Oh, I muffed the kick, right? I was it, it, By design, do what I meant by design. It went straight through, but it wobbled. <laughs> it wobbled from the pocket and straight to the goals. And everyone's like, you see all the Freo boys coming to me, perhaps it's not the square. <laughs> <laughs> the big maverick. And we won. We beat Adelaide. Um, Fife, he had 40. Dangerfield had 40. Um, but I think I got one, one brown low vote for the, the magical. And I out sprinted 
the sprinter. That's Valentine. awesome. The Milwaukee Mickey Barlow special out sprinting Hayden Valentine, yeah. kicking a checky on the boundary line and and burning the, the skip at the top of the yeah, square. Yeah, it all happened. Not at all. Oh, yeah. that is awesome, mate. That's awesome. It's funny because um, I've seen the opposite of that against the Bulldogs, and, yeah. and that, you, you could probably yeah, you probably can't just use the it. you can't yeah, use the, the words. The but, descriptive language from Pav to me that day. Yeah, well, I was also saying then you tell it. So something to do. Pavlich, top yeah. of the square gets. Uh, I think he gets chopped or he gets a free kick. Ball goes to the boundary line. Mick plays on and kicks the most ridiculous snap and misses. And Pav turns Man. around and calls you. He didn't turn around initially, right? Because I snapped it and it went through for a point. So quickly, like, I think it was the Saints. And they went quick transition end to end. And the ball went out of bounds up the other end. So I've charged down to get there. Pav didn't let it go at the top of the square. He's charged 150 as well to make sure he let me know. The feedback was direct. Yeah, the, in terms of direct feedback. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever get more direct than that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he was a superstar. Yeah, he, he, he rarely would give it that hot. No, he gave it, it hot. It was absolutely warranted. Oh, it was. It's one of those moments where you you know you're doing the wrong thing. But if it goes in, you're like, oh, oh I'm but you're, you're like, you're like, oh, it was selfish. It, it was as selfish as it gets. It was. It was. And um, <laughs> now that, like, I need those experiences to understand. Yeah. I've got vulnerability to my players as well. I've been there, mate. Hey, don't bullshit a bullshit ass. <laughs> yeah, mate, I used to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, mate, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate the honesty and the good, uh, the good yarn. And, we'll, you know, we'll do this again. We'll have to get a few more Freo boys on. Chris Main in one of them. Um, get him going. And Kepler Bradley next to us would really oh, wind yeah. us up. But um, all the best with uh, coaching at Werribee, everything else you're doing. Um, say good day to Zave if you see him soon. He's a funny man. But thanks for coming on the Oz American Aces. And, and uh, thanks for everyone for tuning in. And again, uh, loving loving all your feedback. Keep commenting on the podcast, on YouTube especially. Um, it, it gives us good feedback and, uh, you know, it's all been really positive lately. So really appreciate it. Blokes like Mickey come on and have great confidence because I can ask great questions because you guys keep telling me what you want out of this show. So thank you for your support. Um, and, yeah, Mickey, thanks for joining us. Pleasure, mate. Good stuff, mate. Thanks for listening to another episode of Tommy Talks, where you literally can't thank you enough for all your support. Speaking of support, Milwaukee's MX Fuel equipment system revolutionizes the light equipment market by delivering the performance and durability demanded by the trades. From the MX Fuel cutoff saw and MX Fuel sewer machine to the MX Fuel power supply and the MX Fuel tower light, MX Fuel has you covered. Without the hazards associated with emissions, noise, vibration, and the frustrations of petrol maintenance. MX Fuel, equipment system, equipment redefined. Righto, we'll see you on the next podcast.